Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. to The Other 99, a podcast to equip the church for community, discipleship, and mission. Uh, we're your hosts. My name is Guy Wimberly. I'm Bethany McFarland. And I'm David Godbold. Welcome back to The Other 99. This week we're uh, going to be talking with uh, our friend Rocky Shack, who is a young adult and community pastor at uh, Christ Methodist in Jackson. We're going to be talking with him actually about uh, sharing sharing your faith with other people. This is this is a topic that that's come up a lot in talking to people about um, what they'd like to hear us talk about. So we're uh, we're punting to somebody else, and we're we're we 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 got an interview with him a little later on in the podcast. But to start off our episode, um, we're gonna we're gonna play a, a game inspired by our, our new friend Drew Causey on on our last episode called what would it cost um so <laughs> if 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 you don't remember the concept basically we're gonna go around and think of the grossest or the weirdest thing that we could think of um and basically just ask the question how much would it cost to to get you to to do this so the um, example that drew gave last week was eating toenail soup ugh. yeah <laughs> just I to give you some know perspective what that means this will yeah. probably take like five minutes or so, so if you just want to hit that next button a couple of times, you'll probably get to Rocky Shack. Um, or you could just live through the awkward with us. Oh yeah, yeah. so you can grow and expand your horizons, and it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> and figure out how desperate we are for money. <laughs> yep. Baby on the way, I need them dollar dollar bills. Yep. Alright, so who, who wants to go first? Dibs not. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll go. Um, so mine's not exactly gross. It's more of living on the edge of danger. Oh. Um, so you've got to go... How much would it cost? Or what would it cost? For you to go, uh, to go bungee jumping. But here's the catch. You've got to come at least 40 feet from the ground... 30 feet from the ground. And you have to do all the calculations for how long your bungee needs to be yourself. <laughs> I feel like that's not legal. <laughs> not talking about legal. This is how much would it cost. Pretty sure feeding toenail soup to anybody is also not legal. <laughs> how much? Thank you, health how much, department. How much would it cost to to maybe hire to, right? That's really what exactly what I was just thinking. Me. Not to hire someone really smart to do the math for you, just to double check your math. 
You don't I mean, we're money all, until after you've done all it. All three of us are uh, capable of making those calculations. Guy and I both have yeah. math degrees, and David's an engineer. Like, I've got a math minor, supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. <laughs> We have we have the mind power to make those calculations. It's just how much do we trust ourselves? <laughs> I'd I'd say probably a million. I, I think oh, that'd wow. be a good amount for. You're I think that'd be a, much more. Yeah. Conservative so than one, I I hate heights. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yep, yep. it's either gonna pay. For me, or pay my family uh, for life insurance because uh, I don't have life insurance anymore because I'm in transition and I don't have a job. So, yeah, I uh, yeah, this came from a deep-rooted fear of my own, aka heights and plummeting from said heights. <laughs> so, <laughs> see, heights don't bother me really at all. Um, neither does jumping from heights. So. I mean, like the first number, the first number that came to my head was a hundred thousand, and I was like, "That seems really high," but now I hear a million, and I'm like, "Oh, okay." See, I was thinking a million was low, <laughs> but it'd be at least two or three million for like, me. Like <laughs> base jumping is already something. Like if I had the opportunity to do, I probably would, yeah. given my other like life situations, but. Yeah, I th- I'll stick with a hundred thou. Okay. okay. I'll s- I'll stick so with this that. came from a uh, an experiment that I did and that we did in in our math class or our physics class or something in like eighth grade. There was this balcony in the junior high school. It was two stories tall, and we had a Barbie doll and rubber bands, and <laughs> the contest was to see who could get their Barbie doll to get the closest to the ground without bashing her head on the concrete and. Our group actually won that one, so theoretically, I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> Practically the yeah. same thing. Actually, it's exactly yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Classic yeah. toys, my yeah. life, you know, same thing. Yeah. All right. Here, I got one. So it's a, a pool. It's a city pool. Um kids uh like eight-year-olds just had swimming lessons in it all right and you know what kids do in swimming pools right yeah oh yeah you know what adults do in swimming pools right um how much would it cost to drink uh, a gallon of the pool water over what span of time because a gallon's a whole lot of water i don't think the quantity Um, really affects the grossness yeah. I'm, I'm more. Co- I'm also very concerned the about chlorine the chlorine level. Levels. Yeah, I'm way more concerned yeah. about that than anything <laughs> yeah. else. Okay. So, like a cup, mm. can we change it to that? I mean, yeah, it's maybe. Your, it's your uh, yeah, let's just eight ounces. I was thinking the gallon, just because I'm not going to make you drink the whole pool. But uh, right, right. Well, I mean, cup, you could you could take a gallon, and that could be your water for the day. Like you've yeah, got to exclusively yeah. drink. But that still, water like mm-hmm. again, it's the quantity of chlorine. That's yeah. true, yeah. So, yeah. cup. <laughs> so, how much would it cost? Oh, I'd like, I'd legit do that for five bucks. I was thinking like a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I was a lifeguard for three years. I tested pool chemicals. Yeah. Like, there's way more chlorine in pools than necessary. Like, it's going to kill anything that's going to bother you. I was also a swimmer, okay. like, my entire childhood. Yeah. So... 
Yeah. I've ingested. Also have some uh, experience as a, as a swim coach. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> as a side note, I, I did a triathlon in college, and Bethany coached me on the swim part because I am a horrendous swimmer. It was, it was real fun. And then Guy just came because he like wanted to help me. Whale. He wanted to help me make fun of David. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that happened. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, I'd do that for five bucks. Okay. Nothing's nothing's going to hurt you from that. I'm I'm still drinking chlorine. Yeah, but in the ounces uh, of chlorinated water. Bacteria. There's chlorine Um, in your tap water. I'm going to at least get my money out of here. (laughs) I apparently just don't care about things. YOLO, man. All right. So, danger. I figured both of you guys would go for something right. gross, which David went for danger right. instead of gross. So Five bucks. I decided to go for awkward. Um, <laughs> all right. It is your dream job. You're walking into an interview with the three people. Everything is contingent on how this interview goes as to whether you get your dream job or not. What would it cost for you to go in and as they stick their hand out to shake your hand, you just fist bump them? Five dollars. <laughs> I'm in. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think some people dream might like that. Dream job includes yeah. your dream salary. Um, that is costing a lot of money, mm-hmm. potentially. Then maybe, a, then maybe a year of my dream salary. Okay. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Because it's not guaranteed that that move would cost you the interview. Yeah, I'm I'm still going to stick with... I I might bump it up to, like, $20. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say a year of my dream salary. Just to... See, I live my life... I live my life in a constant state of awkwardness. And so I feel like I can navigate that. Like, I don't think that would cost me the job. I think I would just come out with my dream job, dream (laughs) job, and $20. Like, win-win. Or, as Michael Scott would say, win-win-win. We all win. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Yep. All right, enough of this. Cool. That was was how much would it cost. Um... I'm sure it'll return. Can I throw in a bonus? Yes, sure. How much would it cost to endure another swim lesson with Bethany? (laughs) I'd pay good. I I improved, so I would pay. I would pay that twenty dollars I got for the fifth fist bump for my uh, swim lesson. All right, I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, the interview you're about to hear is actually pre-recorded. This is our first pre-recorded interview. We're, we're, uh, we're moving up in the podcast yeah, world. delving into um, new territory. Yeah, so if yeah. it's super awkward, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> so we can improve. <laughs> so Guy can get some uh, constructive criticism. Sorry to throw yeah. you under the bus, Guy. No, it's okay. So, um, At least it wasn't me. <laughs> Yeah, you would you would hear the auditory version of a fist bump and a handshake. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> we need to get this train back on the train. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is my fault. <laughs> uh, so good. So good. Worth it. Okay. Right. So, um, we all met at, at the Mississippi State Wesley Foundation, and um, in recent years, the, the Wesley Foundation there started having a... Uh, an event called Rooted, where they invite all these, you know, just really great speakers um, to come and and you know um, share twenty minutes, thirty minutes, uh, just uh, basically kind of a it's kind of like mini sermon after mini sermon after mini sermon, and um, we got invited um, to to come and interview some folks at the at the retreat. And so this was one of two interviews that we did, um, and it was with Rocky Shack, as we already said, who's from Christ Methodist in Jackson. Um, the way I met Rocky was interesting, and, and it's kind of the basis of why we did this interview with him. Um, and I talked about it later on in the interview, I believe. But um, we, we talked with Rocky about uh, sharing your faith with people and, and sharing your faith with people who aren't like you and just kind of getting through that comfort zone area. And um, so, yeah, hope you enjoy. Hey, this is uh, Guy Wimberly. We're here talking to uh, Rocky Shack. Um, (laughs) um, We're here at uh, Wesley Foundation at at Mississippi State uh, for a retreat that, that Rocky is speaking at, and we just wanted to sit down, grab some time, talk with him about kind of some things that he's sharing with the, the folks at the retreat. So um, just start us off, kind of give you an, an opportunity to intro yourself. And um, Sure. Okay. Um, my name is Rocky Shack, and I am the Young Adults and Community Minister at Christ UMC uh, right there in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, and I'm just glad to be here. I'm glad uh, that I got a call from uh, Katie Heckle asking me if I would be able to have time to be here for the Rooted Conference, and I think it's just going to be awesome. I, I think it's going to be cool um, to just be able to talk to different audiences, to be able to have a sermon, you know, talking about engaging the loss, but then also to be able to have um, some really good face-to-face time with people for about 45 minutes mm-hmm. and just go deeper into that, deeper into the culture, culture shock, things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So you're you're talking about engaging the lost and, and that you know, when I saw that you were talking about that, that, that seemed perfect because the first time I met you, um, <laughs> we were um, I, I, we were supposed to meet at the convention center in, in, in Jackson, uh, Mississippi, and you were you were running a little late and, and come to find out that, that you had stopped to talk to somebody outside yeah. um, for a little bit. And to tell tell us a little bit sure. about that and that encounter. And yeah, it was a young African American. Uh, for the people that are listening in, right, I'm right. also African American yeah. as well. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was speaking to a young African American who was. Uh, you know, working the conference, you know, he was out there directing traffic towards uh, available parking spots and just kind of pretty much letting you know that, hey, it's safe to park here, you know, you're not going to get towed kind of thing. And uh, we were just kind of sitting there and I was standing next to him getting ready to walk across the street and um, to the the convention center and we were just talking, you know, I just, I kind of came up to him with a smile and I was just like, hey man, how you doing? You know, he was just kind of like, you know, um, hanging in there, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we just kind of continued to talk, and you know, I just kind of gave him space to kind of let me in on his world a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it was it was really fun. It was really cool to be able to to, to chat with this young man, and um, I just I don't know. I think I think it's cool whenever we can be able to like meet strangers, and by the time we leave, even if we don't have their phone number, 
you know, or their email, that it just seems like, you know, we're fam, man. Mm-hmm. We're fam. Even if we don't see each other again, it's mm-hmm. like we're family, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so honestly, that's what I'm trying to speak about, mm-hmm. you know, this week. You know, how do we, how do we make people, how do we help people become part of our community, you know, and, and really how will the rest of the world know that they're part of our community? And they know because of the way that they see us interact with people that don't look like us mm-hmm. or people that you know, believe differently or work at different jobs and have, are shaped by a different frame of reference. So um, I don't know. I'm just excited about being able to, you know, kind of help people be able to have the kind of experience that I have with this young man, mm-hmm. you know, just standing on the sidewalk, waiting to go across the street to the point where now I wasn't worried, you know, about, you know, having to be somewhere, you know, at a certain time, I felt like this person was just as important uh, as the meeting, meeting with you, mm-hmm. you know, just, mm-hmm. just as meeting with you and that God had me right where I needed to be yeah. talking to the person I needed to be talking to. Absolutely. And it was just a matter of, was I going to step into that mm-hmm. and step into that with strength and courage and, and, and have an awesome conversation with someone that's a stranger mm-hmm. you know, that I felt like at the end of that, I felt like I knew my whole life, you know, so yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's just something that, you know, I feel like probably a lot of people, um, me included, I, I think, I, I think one, I just don't have the radar for that kind of thing. You know, I, that's just not, um, but, but two, like, I think when, when we have opportunities to do that, we, we avoid it. I avoid it. And, and so why is that? I mean, you know, this, this is kind of a question that has its own answer, just pretty obvious, but, but why is that important? Why are those encounters um something we should go after? I think the reason why we should go after, or not even necessarily the word go after, yeah, but, yeah. you know, just take advantage of the opportunity of two or more people in together, mm-hmm. you know, uh, opportunity for community. Are we um, are we taking advantage of those times? Mm-hmm. You know, and really that's where, you know, I'm trying to help people become more comfortable uh, with having those conversations. You know, it's, it's hard enough to be able to have those conversations with people that look like us, you know, mm-hmm. Consider when it's somebody that doesn't look like us, you know, Mm -hmm. like that amplifies this. Like, I mean, tenfold, you can imagine. And I think the reason why that is is because we experience experience culture shock, Mm -hmm. you know. It's not, you don't have to go to another country uh, uh, across the border to be able to experience culture shock. I mean, America's one of the fastest growing mission fields in the world, Mm -hmm. you know, it really is. So. It's a, a huge melting pot of nothing but differences, yeah. you know, nothing but cultural differences. So um, I think it just matters. I think it matters so much for us to be able to understand cultural sensitivity, for us to understand culture shock and understand that that's going to happen to us at our Kroger. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen at Kroger. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen at Dollar General. It's going to happen, you know, at places that we tend to go to shop, places that we go to work out, the places that we um, we work. I mean, we don't tend to have homogeneous places like that, mm-hmm. you know, at places that have some kind of function to us, yeah. you know. So, yeah. like the 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 swell cellar, the gym, the gym, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm living at an apartment complex now, right there in Jackson, and mm-hmm. I get a chance to see people that don't look like me all the time. You know, um, not only am I seeing people that are that are white Americans, but I'm also seeing people who are uh, Latino Americans too. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean. Once you see somebody several times in the gym, mm-hmm. I mean, then it's kind of like, and you're seeing that person with a smile on their face, yeah. you know, yeah. and you're, you know, meeting that person and greeting them with a smile and it's all genuine. 
And I think that you get an opportunity to really be able to see, I think you really get a chance to really be able to see what is it like to be open, to make yourself approachable uh, to another person, you mm-hmm. know, that just doesn't look, just doesn't look like you. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this is kind of why I'm here. I'm yeah. here to talk to people about standing in that tension, standing in that space mm-hmm. where you will have your system shocked. It's just yeah. like working out. Yeah. I've never met anybody that enjoys, you know, doing a new workout, uh, mm-hmm. a new workout regimen, and it and it tends to shock your body because you're working out muscles differently than you did previously. So, yeah. for for me, you know, I want to be able to help people, you know, stand in that tension and exercise this, you mm-hmm. know, exercise this, you know, like this isn't something that's just awareness, you know, mm-hmm. like this is something that's meant to become an action, you mm-hmm. know, be a behavior. And uh, if if you can take what you're you're learning, you know, about people and about culture and about our differences, then that can shape your behavior the rest of your life. Yeah. But you have to stand in that tension. You mm-hmm. know, you have to make yourself a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And once you make yourself a little uncomfortable then your comfort zone is going to start to expand a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're going to start making space for people that are different from you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's where I'm trying to get to. I want people to be able to make space mm-hmm. for other people. Absolutely. You know, so. Yeah. That's, you know, I, we said this in, in our pre-conversation before we hit record, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to have the luxury of talking just to white nerdy people who love to read. <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're going to be talking to, to people who are different from us right. and that kind of thing. How, how do we, how do we push past? Because you know, so often when we get in those encounters with people who are different from us, um, I think the first thing that a lot of us kind of take away is kind of that first impression, that initial mm-hmm. impression, and and we, we can't go further in the conversation because that's all we're looking at. So, yeah. so how do we push past that and, and really love them and, and engage with them in that way? Well, I think I think I think what happens is that you know. You can't let some the the way that somebody else approaches the conversation dictate the way that you're going to approach it. Okay. You know? Yeah. So if you come in with a smile, a genuine smile, mm-hmm. right? Not one that's saying, you know, I'm smiling so that I can make, you know, not necessarily make a disciple, but to get somebody in the in my seat mm-hmm. at church, mm-hmm. then you've already missed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and that person can see a spot a fake from a mile away. Mm-hmm. You know, people can, people can spot fake people. So. If you if you come at that person like, I'm happy to meet you. Mm-hmm. Like that's what a smile pretty much says. You yeah. know that I'm available, mm-hmm. I'm vulnerable, mm-hmm. I'm approachable, and I want you to be able to use that. Absolutely. You know yeah. that. You know we can. This doesn't have to go any further than us standing in line together at Kroger. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you at least know if you see me again, that's that person smiled at me that's that person that recognized my existence that's that person that didn't um furrow their brow you mm-hmm. know when they saw me you know mm-hmm. because a lot of times non-verbal cues like that can say just as bit the word the reject the word rejection mm-hmm. as someone just straight up saying i don't want to have anything to do with you mm-hmm. you know kind of thing so i think you know i, I think we case in point right so if if we're approaching this from a scriptural place, you know, like, which is how I like to, mm-hmm. to go about things. Absolutely. But, um, if we're going based off of examples that we have in the Bible, mm-hmm. we look at the Pharisees. We look at the Pharisees and the way that the Pharisees conducted themselves, the way that the Pharisees rejected people time and time and time again and really enforced this us versus them, you mm-hmm. know. 
we're a community that's righteous. They're a community that is unholy. We don't want to have anything to do with them, mm -hmm. you know. And that comes from a you know important place. I mean, like that actually comes from the law. I mean, like they don't want to make themselves unclean. Yeah, you know, yeah. right? Because of the association with people that they consider unclean. But here's the thing: you have Jesus come into the story, mm -hmm. and you have Jesus coming in, and Jesus is doing things that is that they see as very reckless, very irresponsible. Jesus is coming in and engaging mm -hmm. these sinners, right? Mm -hmm. So the text that I plan on using is going to be Luke 15, verses 1 through 10, mm -hmm. um, and really talking about those first two parables, the lost sheep and the lost coin. And the whole reason Jesus even uses parables like those is because he's facing criticism for the table practices that he has mm -hmm. with sinners, yeah. right? So yeah. these tax collectors that these you know, these, these legal experts, mm -hmm. the Pharisees and the scribes are getting upset about, they're not getting upset because Jesus is loving on people. He's upset. They're upset because of the people that Jesus is loving. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. we don't do that. Yeah. We don't do table, you know, table talk. We don't have, we don't break bread with people, the, with these people, mm -hmm. you know. And for the people that can't see me, I did air quotes around <laughs> these, these people, people part. So... You know, the whole reason why, you know, Jesus is employing these parables is because he's saying that your way is wrong. Mm -hmm. The Pharisees' way is wrong. The way of shunning people because they're different, the, the, the whole way of segregation, the whole way of, you know, even if the, uh, these people, air quotes, mm -hmm. um, even with these people, you know, living their lives the way that they are, you're not creating disciples. Mm -hmm. You're not creating disciples as long as you're segregating yourself from the people that are lost, from the people that God wants on the team. Mm -hmm. You know, so He's saying, "This is the way that I do this. This is how I accomplish this. I go and I, I break bread with people that look differently than me. I mean, maybe it's going to be a, a, a Samaritan woman. Maybe it's going to be um, a Roman." Centurion. I mean, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. God wants them. <laughs> so I'm going to go get them, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm going to engage them, even if it means, you know, a practice as, you know, breaking bread together, even if it does in our culture say that I am fully accepting this person and I'm going to love them. Like, that's the point. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not damaged by my association with these folks. Yeah. You know, I... Actually, I believe that by me living this, that this is why they want to be on the team, mm -hmm. you know? So if people are being rejected over and over and over again, and that starts a pattern towards a lot of behaviors like this. Mm -hmm. If you're constantly told that you're nothing, mm -hmm. if you're constantly told that you're an abomination, if you're mm -hmm. constantly told that you're, you're never going to get out of this, mm -hmm. then you start to believe that, yeah. that lie, yeah. right? And it's a lie from the enemy. You know, mm -hmm. even if it tends to be our mouthpiece sometimes that's saying this, right? Because mm -hmm. we get upset, we get emotional, what have you. But Jesus is saying that, no, you're not those things. Uh, you're loved by God mm -hmm. and that God wants you. Uh, God wants you on the team, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and there's no better way for Jesus. There's no better way to do that other than sharing a meal, you know, something, uh, having an intimate relationship with someone like this saying that we're friends for life pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Uh, so 
that's that's where I'm trying to get us to, you know, and just recognizing it's one thing to recognize the way of the Pharisees, and it's another thing to explain it away and say that, you know, oh no, I'm not like the Pharisees at all. Mm-hmm. But then our actions yeah, say differently, yeah, you yeah. know. And I'm part of that. I like, you know, I'm part of that. I don't do this well all the time. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Um, so this is just kind of me putting myself on blast. It's mm-hmm. me saying, mm-hmm. you know, I slip up. I miss opportunities all the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm also standing on the other side of this, saying, "Lord, have mercy on me, and please give me another chance to do it better yeah. next time." Yeah. You know. So you only get better doing this, you know, if you put yourself out there. So, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, yeah. You said in our in our pre-conversation that, you know, this isn't, you know, all, all the things where we push past cultural differences and that yeah. kind of thing. That, that's not something you could do just by, you know, learn to do just by reading about it. That's oh, something no. you do, you know, just by <laughs> yeah. um, really, really getting into it and doing it. And, um, and, if, it's, and if, you don't, if you don't mind, yeah. like, if it's, if it's only awareness, then it's only head knowledge. Mm-hmm. I mean... The, the second that it becomes an action, now your heart believes mm-hmm. what your head knows, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's that's where we that's where we have to get to. It's not so much, you know, and if I use the Bible as an example, it's not so much to be, you know, just a scholar, you know, to know all the history of the Bible, you know, and to mm-hmm. go to seminary. It's not just that. It's it's about being able to apply what you know, and what you've read, and what you sacrifice at your te- at your desk, you know. When you're reading that, are those words transforming you? Mm-hmm. And that's what it—that's what it really comes down to. Um, are there long-lasting, cha- long-lasting changes that are happening within us when we encounter God through Scripture? Yeah, you know. And this is just one of the ways that I feel like God has encountered—you know—that I have encountered God. Like I'm just going to say, God called a meeting, and I—I was—I was there. You mm-hmm. know, I was there, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, I want to—I want to change this behavior. Yeah, you know, yeah. I live in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. You know, I live in Mississippi, and yes, Mississippi, we have um, a rough, a rough history. You know, I mean, we have a history of martyrs for civil rights. I mean, we have a lot of, we have a lot of junk. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like where we are right now in this post civil rights era that we're in, are we going to love one another? You know, and the only way that we can accomplish that is unless we're willing to live into the tension and as, and unless we're willing to, you know, do life together with people that just don't look like us. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm weird. Maybe I have this, you know, I'm not going to say I have a dream, you know, mm-hmm. because somebody else very important already has that mm-hmm. line. But I am going to say that I do have a vision like what if, like, wouldn't it be just like Jesus if in Mississippi people start to live this out? Mm-hmm. Part of the Bible Belt, right? Mm-hmm. And we start listening to what the Bible is telling us, and we start to make these changes, um, and we start to let the rest of the world know this is how you live with mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. You know, that this is how we do it. I just think it would be just like Jesus with all of that history and, and everything, you know, I think it would be just like Jesus yep. to do that. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, so what does this look like practically? I, I, I own mm-hmm. up to the Pharisee that's in me. You know, just like we were talking about earlier, yeah. I own up to. I do too. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I own up to you know um, all the ways that you know I, I see the difference before I see the person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? 
when I wake up tomorrow and I try to do something different, what does that look like? How, how do I do that? How do I approach um, people differently? Well, I think first it's going to be the mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's going to be the mindset. It's going to be, you know, you just got to be aware that culture shock is going to happen. When mm-hmm. you try to do this, you know, that, you know, people have different frames of reference than you do, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you going into, you know, a conversation with someone, but you got to make sure you start it with something that says that you're approachable. Mm-hmm. You know, like even if you're not into smiling, I'm not the most photogenic person in the world, you know, but I really believe that when I smile that I'm really happy to see someone, mm-hmm. that it, that this is an opportunity for me to be able to expand my comfort zone a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. because I noticed the difference, even if it is me as an African-American talking to another African-American, like there's, you know, their background, their, where they live, their socioeconomic status, um, the things that they enjoy, all of that stuff mm-hmm. may be different for me. Yeah. Commonalities. Sure. But there are things that are, that are different. So, um, I say starting with a place where I'm approachable, mm-hmm. uh, from there, I say, you know, acceptance is big. I think, I think we have to be in a place where we're positive, you know, like the world is negative enough, yeah. you know? Um, and there's definitely positive things in the world too, but I think that we focus way more on the negative. I actually looked this up one time and um, I saw that there's actually, I think there's actually more negative words in our dictionary than there are positive words. Oh, wow. I actually think yeah, so. Yeah. I, it, it just, somebody can fact check me on that. But right. I think, I really think that we have <laughs> It takes a lot of time too. Oh, so gosh. you could just say it. Yeah, I mean, I might, I might pass away by the time <laughs> right, they figure right. that out. Um, but I will say that, you know, we focus so much more on the negative. You know, we focus so much more on, we focus on differences the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we, we judge those things from our own difference or, or from, our frame of reference, and we talk about what's right and wrong a lot of times without really understanding other cultures, you mm-hmm. know, and other differences that we may have. So, um, so acceptance and a lot, and acceptance can come in all kinds of forms, you know. Uh, acceptance can be, you know, you going to someone's house, or um, if 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 you haven't if you haven't built a relationship to a place yet where it's at your house, but you know talking to someone in the gym, mm-hmm. you know, talking to somebody in the gym, talking to someone at, at Starbucks, mm-hmm. um, meeting them, meeting them with a smile, but then also giving value, uh, to them because that's really what acceptance is all about. Yeah. You know, showing someone that, you know, you value their opinion that you, um, that, you know, they're worth something, mm-hmm. you know, that they're worth something. Even if, even if their whole life has been rejection, 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 one, one moment of somebody accepting mm-hmm. can break that whole mm-hmm. chain, mm-hmm. break that whole chain, and it could change the game. And and you could be that person. Yeah. I could be that person. Rebecca could be that person. Yeah. You know, yeah. that is like, I accept you and I love you. Mm-hmm. Because that's ultimately what acceptance is saying, yeah. that I love you. Mm-hmm. So, um, and from there, build trust. You know, you got you to gotta build trust. You know, trust is in every relationship I don't know I don't there's not one relationship that you can have without it mm-hmm. you know and the way I see it I focus on how has God shown me that I can trust God mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. I try to replicate some of that now understandably I don't have you know the abilities or the power that God has right. you know um, 
But I also believe that when I am living in obedience, you know, and what I mean by obedience is making disciples of all nations. Mm -hmm. When I am doing that, God empowers me to be able to do those things, even when it's uncomfortable, even when, you know, I, <laughs> I'm talking, I'm talking, maybe, you know, even when I'm, I'm talking to people that don't look like me, don't believe like I do, you know, that God is the one that's empowering me, you know, mm -hmm. that it's not about me loving myself. It's about God to get in the glory, yeah. you know, and God, you know, God does the same, man. Mm -hmm. God does the same, and you know that's what we are. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're tools for God to be able to do His thing in this world. Yeah, you know, and that's honestly what we got to look at. It's not it's not you know, it's not approaching people that are different than us just for the sake of approaching people. Mm -hmm. It's community building business, mm -hmm. and that's if if I've learned anything, I've learned that God is in the community building business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, just see us. You yeah. know, you look back at Exodus. You could look back and say, God wanted them to know that I am Lord. Mm -hmm. That the Egyptians wanted the Egyptians to know just as much as the Israelites. You know, I mean, in those tensions, that's where God is saying, "I want to build my community." Yeah. So, yeah. Rafi, so, yeah. this has been great. Do you have any any other thoughts you you want to share or? Um... Uh, I just want to I just want to thank you guys for, you know, giving me a platform to be able to speak into, because, you know, I think I think when we talk about what does it mean to be like Jesus, I think this is a subject that. A lot of times we approach it and say that, oh, well, this is one of those that's debatable, you know, okay. like, yeah. you know, that, you know, I can do life with the people I want to do life with mm -hmm. as long as I'm doing it as being Jesus, you know, mm -hmm. like Jesus would, you know, and, and, and I just say, you know, like if God is giving you opportunities to spend, you know, to do life with people that are, that are different than you, whether that's where they work at, you know, I'm friends with people that are in government. I'm friends with people that work at McDonald's. I'm friends with people that, you know, are bankers. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, I am blessed because of the people that got, has put me in contact mm -hmm. with, you know? So I think, I think we got to get past this place of thinking that, you know, cultural awareness, culture, s cultural sensitivity, and, and really putting all of that stuff into action. You know, we gotta, we gotta get from that place of it being negotiable. Yeah. You know, that you look at Jesus, this is the way that Jesus lived, mm -hmm. you know, and we, and we know, we know that Jesus was different. We know that uh, other people saw that Jesus was different. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the, is it the Samaritan woman is yeah. the one that notices that Jesus is Jewish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, she's like, Wait a minute, you're a Jew. Mm -hmm. Like, and he's like, that doesn't matter. Right, <laughs> like, I'm, right, trying yeah, to, yeah. I'm trying to do something great in you, yeah. you know, kind of like yeah. thing, you know, so it's, you know, we, we got to, in light of our differences, in light of our differences, we have to embrace that. And, um, and if we embrace that, I think that shapes the rest of our lives. Yeah. I really do. So here's to us being shaped by God, right. you know, and living into that tension and, and, and embracing the different. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much, Rocky. Thank and, you, brother. Uh, we're, we're glad to have you on. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Yeah. All right, thanks, Guy and Rocky, for sharing your thoughts. We really appreciate that. Um, I hope you guys all enjoyed everything that they had to say.
So as you guys know, we always end out our episodes with a recommendation station. Um, to be honest with you guys, prior to recording the intro and outro to this, David and I have not heard the interview, so we're really excited to listen to this episode. Yeah, we so are. So if, um, if our recommendations are a little out there... It won't be you know, that much different than normal. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Okay, I guess that gets me volunteered to go first. It does, yep. Um, so last week, uh, I can't double up um, recommendations like back-to-back weeks, but last week, uh, Drew recommended the Ellie Holcomb CD album, uh, Red Sea Road. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's been, oh man, we recorded this episode, that episode, like, what, three weeks ago now? And I have been listening to that album, like, Mm -hmm. on loop since then, but when I have not been listening to that album, I have been listening to the latest Need to Breathe album, Hard Love. It's a fantastic album, and that is my recommendation for this week. Go check it out on... Uh, wherever you get your music from, or if you want to go get a CD, worth the $15. Guy. Yeah. Um, so the interview was on sharing your faith, and um, my recommendation's going to be kind of along, kind of in that vein, uh, the master plan of evangelism by Robert Coleman. Um, it's just a great, um, just really practical, um, just really good stuff. Master Plan of Evangelism, Robert Coleman. I'll need to check that out for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I have a really broad and kind of general recommendation, but it's small groups, and that's probably been recommended by one of us or all of mm-hmm. us at some point. Um, prior to now, but if you're not a part of a small group or just some sort of like internal Christian community, people who you would consider family and are growing alongside, like definitely seek out those relationships. Um, Nathan and I are going through a little bit of a hard time right now and having those people in our lives is just really impactful and I always want to be open and honest with you guys, but I'm just not at a place right now where I can be talking about it. Um, but small group has meant the world to me the past week or so and or a couple of weeks. So that's my recommendation is find people who love you and love Jesus and are going to help you love Jesus better. All right. Well, that's our show. Uh, we, we really hope you enjoyed the interview with Rocky this week. Um, if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, ideas for for topics that we could discuss or people to interview, uh, we just any any insight, any input, anything you got, <laughs> you can check us out on the social meds, uh, Facebook page, the other ninety nine Facebook group, the other ninety nine podcast community, on Twitter and Instagram, we're at at the other ninety nine pod. And then our email is uh, the other ninety nine podcast at gmail dot com. Um, so we hope you uh, enjoyed this episode and uh, tune back in in two weeks. We're 
this this episode is actually kind of part of an unintentional two-part series um we we didn't intend on having a series with this episode uh back in january when we recorded it this was just intended to be a one-off but in two weeks we're going to have an interview with josh tepper uh from the threshing floor um that that's about um sort of relating to people or, or really it's about cross-cultural ministry and, and talking to people who um, who aren't like you, connecting with people who aren't like you. So so it's going to connect back to a lot of the same things we talked about in in this interview with Rocky. So uh, hope you stay tuned for that. And uh, in the meantime, hope then. you have a good two weeks. Bye. See ya. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.